0: the following is a production by cutting to the chase podcast Jared, thanks for uh, coming back on. I see your cat in the uh, <laughs> in the camera, but uh, yeah, thanks for hopping on. I know we did this. It's funny. I was listening to our pod from last season a little bit earlier tonight, and I realized that was just about, I think, a month into the season, and we're just at the two month mark now. But last year it was course so it was August, and here we are in June, June first. Uh, but yeah, how are you uh,
1: doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. And, yeah, like you said, I've got uh, I've got my business partner here. There you go. um, Hanging out, wondering, wondering what in the world I'm doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I like it. Um, So I know that you've been covering the Cubs games or you've been at Wrigley a couple times this year. You were there this past weekend covering the Cubs Red Series for the Chicago Sun-Times. So first off, I was just curious, how has it been just being back? Fans are back. The weather's getting nicer. It feels it's got to feel more normal again, right?
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, even some of those early games in April when it was just 25%, the difference it made having people there, hearing the crowd, seeing them react to things, you know, and, and just like little stuff like watching fans chase after foul balls. You know, you you don't think that that matters, but like when it, it's not there anymore and then you get it back, it's kind of like, oh man, I, I didn't realize that I appreciated little things like that. And then especially this past weekend yeah now that it's up to 60 percent, it really like when you look out at the crowd it feels like oh i mean it's it looks full you can you can see a few rows here and there that are empty but like it looks full and it just feels like yeah we're we're back you know and it's it's a really nice thing that's for sure
0: yeah i felt the same way i know last season watching games and seeing empty seats all over was just You know, it was cool to have baseball back, but it it sucked having no fans there. So it's been great. Even like you said, in April on TV, just seeing fans in in general was cool. And then, of course, like you said, 60 percent feels looks like a normal stadium. So really cool to see that we are getting back to to normal and, you know, kind of jumping right into the Cubs. So the, the more I watch this team, the more excited I get. But I still have the hanging caveat of, quote, you know, they might still sell. And that still hangs over my head. So what's the feeling that you get in regards to kind of the vibe, I guess. I mean, the vibe of this team, I don't think could be higher right now because they had a Mm -hmm. 19 and eight May, uh, you know, injuries were happening, but it was like a next man up mentality. Patrick wisdom, uh, Sergio Alcantara tonight are two guys that have continued to be hitting lately. So, uh, and of course, before that, Matt Duffy, uh, Jake Marisnick. So, Right now it's fun, but do you still kind of also have that like yeah, it's fun for now, but in July they're still going to probably move certain
1: players. Yeah, there's there's definitely a little bit of that feeling like, you know, am I enjoying this thing that's going to end up being very fleeting? But what I think is interesting is and I know it's been written about a lot, I wrote about it, but you know, everybody's looking at this June schedule for the Cubs and it cuz it's so it looks so tough. Lots of games against the NL West, which is right now, I think by far the best division of baseball, the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, and, you know, lots of games against those teams, but also like you're, you're playing on the road a lot. They've got that weird swing where they go from like out West to back home for four games. Then they go to New York to play the Mets. And so just like weird travel stuff like that, where it's, you can look at this schedule on paper and say, this is going to be a tough month. So to me, I think if they can come out of that month still in contention, that that might change. Plans might change for this team. You know, I think it would be a really, really hard sell for the front office to justify, hey, this team's winning and we're in contention for this division, but we're selling anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, what nobody wants to see happen is just a repeat of You know, you know, like, okay, we got in and now it's the division series and we get swept or we get the wild card spot and we lose two to zero. Nobody nobody wants that. That's probably almost worse than just about anything else. So it is gonna be interesting because I think it's almost like if they do survive June, do you do you go the other way? Do you start thinking about like maybe we need to add players? And which is a weird swing to go from like we traded you Darvish in December to Then by July, we're like, hey, maybe we can we get him back? Yeah, really. (laughs) But yeah, I I really think within the next, yeah, within the next 29 days or so, we're going to kind of know what this team might might
0: do. Yeah, like you said, it's a tough it's a tough month now. So far, they've looked good. I know it's three games against the Dodgers and so far a game and a little bit of as, as of this recording, just under two full games against the Padres. But you know, they very well could come down to earth, unfortunately, or, you know, whatever. Of course, players are starting to come back, which is nice, like Rizzo. And it sounds like Duffy and Hayward, or I think it was Marisnick and Hayward are going to join the team in San Francisco if everything goes according to plan. So they might be getting healthier and that can only help things. But yeah, they might come down to earth and then it makes it easier for Jed to potentially go through with what he's probably already planning or was at least planning. So What do you think... I I know Chris Bryant's on fire. I mean, he's... I think I saw numbers Mm -hmm. earlier that he's actually ahead of his pace of where he was at this time in 2016 when he won the MVP. His batting average is insane right now. I mean, you know, the home runs, the power, it's all there right now. And, you know, talking about him and Baez, we talked about them last year, and we talked about, you know, they were struggling, but there were so many components at play. This season, Baez is starting to come around. Bryant's been on fire since day one. Do you think that even if the team is in contention, playing like they are maybe right now in July, late July, do you still think they try to move, let's say at least one of those guys like Bryant, but say, we're going to keep Baez because we think we can still re-sign him in the offseason? Or when it comes to guys like mm-hmm. Bryant and Baez and even a Rizzo, which I don't think Rizzo's going anywhere, but he's in play, Kimbrel, all of these guys that could be up, how many of them do you think are probably gone at the deadline? Or... Do you think there's a chance they still keep these guys beyond this season?
1: Yeah, that's the the thing that, you know, if you'd asked me that question a month ago, I would have said, yeah, they're going to clean house because mm-hmm. the, the Cubs, yeah. they just looked like, you know, sub 500 through April. Um, so it looks like a real easy thing to predict. Like, okay, come July, Bryant will be gone. Kimbrel's gone. Probably a few others. But now it's kind of like, again, I, I think it's sort of forced the you know at least a reconsideration of that question. So to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, it's so it's, I, it's so hard to guess at for the short term what do you do. But while keeping in mind that like, if we decide to hold on to say Chris Bryant for the rest of this year because we're winning, you're doing that believing that you can re-sign him because. Because if you do hold him for this year, you're running the risk of he leaves in the off season and you got nothing for him. Mm -hmm. He's headed off unrestricted free agency. He doesn't owe you a thing. He's gone. You don't have any, you know, it's, and it's not even like, at least with the U. Darvish trade. Yeah. You got a bunch of teenagers, but you at least got something right there. There is that real risk of like Bryant is gone and, and you got nothing in return.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, before the season, or maybe it was right after the season started. Bias was just scuffling. I was like, "All right, maybe Bias is the guy you let go." And even mm-hmm. if it seems unlikely that you can keep Bryant long term, he might be the best overall player. And now I'm thinking, okay, Bryant might be gone, but Bias is coming around again. It's it's hard to say. And then, of course, you know, what do you think about Rizzo? Because I I don't think he's going anywhere. Forget the trade deadline. I don't think he. I think he signs an extension, but. Uh, you know, he just got over his kind of annual back kind of issues. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's good. But, uh, do you worry about Rizzo long term? I mean, let's say long term, meaning like a four, five year deal max, because you know, aging first baseman. We might have the DH, but uh, are you kind of leery about a guy like Rizzo, or are you thinking, yeah, it's a no brainer to lock basically the captain of the team up if you can?
1: I think. I mean, it's kind of there's two things. I mean, on one hand, yeah, I think. You need to make the effort to to keep Rizzo in Chicago. He wants to be here. He is very much, in a lot of ways, the face of the team. The guy who has been there since really abysmal seasons of 2012, 2013, he was there. So that's one side of it. But the other side of it, I think, is, like you mentioned, He's he is getting older. He does have his sort of regular back issues that just pop up, and it's, you know, Anybody who's had back problems knows like it never really goes away. So, yeah, I think you try to keep him, but I think you really have to try to sell him on like a three year deal, maybe four, you know, maybe build in some sort of an option for a fourth year. Like, Hey, if you can get X number of at bats over the course of the next three years, then we'll tack on a fourth or or whatever it, it looks like. Yeah. So, yeah, there's they've got a lot of really tricky contract things to figure out, and that's definitely one of them, because, you, yeah, you got to play that line of like, we really should try to keep this guy here, but it's not like we're not giving this guy a six year deal.
0: Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, talking about like the offense, it's been really interesting because you know they started off the season so horribly bad. It was historically bad, I think, for at least a couple of weeks, and we knew it wouldn't be that bad. But kind of going back to what you said before, you don't want to judge. Like they might be good enough to just win the division and just lose in the first round, which no one wants. But uh, kind of like with the offense, we were all kind of thinking, how bad is this offense going to be? Because that's been the issue. But at least lately. Not to say they're on the 2016 pace, because that was a great offense, but I have Mm -hmm. seen it's kind of that next man up mentality with the injuries, guys that are just coming through with maybe it's different approaches, maybe it's just different guys like, you know, talking about Jake Marisnyk, Matt Duffy, Patrick Wisdom lately. All these guys have been able to just come through when it matters, it seems like. Maybe they're not scoring a ton of runs, but like even today – Monday against the Padres, whether it was power or just coming through. uh, It's been interesting, and that's got to be a, one of the surprises, I'm sure, for everybody. But have you kind of noticed anything specifically? Maybe it is a guy, mm-hmm. certain approaches, or has it just been the right lineup, finally the right mix? You know, not to say it's, it's anything to do with Schwarber, but he's gone. Jock is in the lineup. He's been on fire since he came back from the IL. It's just been an interesting... Change, I guess, since probably at least the first of May. Maybe I can't remember specifically in April when it started, but
1: yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like David Ross deserves a lot of credit for finding the right guys and plugging them into the right spots. I also think, I mean, bringing in Matt Duffy was pretty huge. Kind of like what they've been starving for late, you know, last few years is these like just high contact sorts of guys, like guys that just put the ball in play a lot. And it's not like we're trying to knock it over the wall or anything like that. Like I'm just—it's kind of like what they had with Ben Zobrist, yes, yeah. You know, where I'm just gonna—that ball's going in play, right? Because it's just good things are gonna happen when you do that. So I think it's—it's it's Matt Duffy. I think you look at the timing of when Nico Horner came up. Yeah. Yep. I think you started to see a little bit of a turnaround with the offense there because he's—he was a spark plug because he's that kind of a hitter too, just high contact kind of guy. And I think there's a little bit of a You know, Chris Bryant, you see attacking like high fastballs in a way that he hasn't in years past. And the offense as a whole, that's been kind of their kryptonite is, you know, high heat. They struggle. But when you can get at least one or two guys in the lineup that can handle the high fastball, it changes everything. You know, it changes things for the whole lineup. So there's that. And then I think also just the sort of intangible. X factor beneath the surface is I feel like these guys have a little bit of a chip on their mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah. And there's a little bit of an edge to them that, that wasn't there the last few years. Cause they went from like, you know, we're the world series champions. We're the Cubs. We're the best team in baseball. And it took a little year. You, you got humbled yeah. a little bit. And I think there was a little bit of like, I don't, you know, you'd never get these guys to admit to it, but I think if you could really, you know, get a few drinks in them and get them honest, they might tell you like when we, our front office essentially tells us they don't believe in us. I think that gave them a, a little bit of an edge. And that's, that's been something that's been missing. And, and, and like you keep saying the next man up thing, and it's like with them right now, it's beyond the next man up. They're like the third rung of their death yeah, chart. Right. And they're still, you know, like they're, they're still winning. So um, it's something that's permeating the whole organization where they're just like, fine, you don't think we can win? Well, we're going we're gonna to go out and do it. And knock on wood, it's, it's working.
0: Yeah, I just checked and I saw Sogar just hit a double. So that's another guy that seems to come through. <laughs> yeah. The scrappiness. Yeah, like you said, Ben Zobris is the, is the guy I always thought in my mind, too. I go back to that because mm-hmm. I knew they missed Zobris on the field, in the clubhouse, all over the place. And I did feel like they were missing a guy like that. And I do kind of, I did sense that maybe not to say you replace a Ben Zobris, but the collection of guys kind of has helped make up that that kind of loss or production so yeah this the scrappiness i do think they do have that edge and you know we probably thought the last couple of years you know you know you maybe you say after the in 2017 okay they're the defending champs and they kind of you know got going a little bit there but 18 19 you know it was like okay what's happening here it's the same guys so maybe it was finally the okay like you said maybe the front office it's almost like they're saying we don't really think this group's going to be able to do anything. And finally, it seems to be working. So, um, yeah. And then even in the rotation or, you know, like Ad Alzelay is a guy that I was hoping going into the season. I wanted to see him play pitch well. He's been great. Uh, Kyle Hendricks has been kind of bumpy. He's kind of turned it around. He leads baseball after two home runs tonight. He's given up 16 home runs, which leads baseball. So he's still, I trust Hendricks. I, I don't really have any, uh, you know, I know he's gonna turn it around, but he does kind of have that inning or he'll have those issues kind of early and then he kind of seems to correct that. Yeah, you know, and I know like even Zach Davies has started to turn it around a little bit. Keegan Thompson mm-hmm. comes in. So even even from the pitching perspective, we've always heard they don't develop pitchers, but I know it's early. But it looks like Zalai has arrived, at least so far. Guys like Keegan Thompson, mm-hmm. even Cole Stewart on Monday pitched well. So right. Even the pitching seems to be kind of coming through all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned because, like, the narrative for a long time has been the Cubs don't develop pitching, and you know, because yeah. it it did appear that way, but then now, you know, they're 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 finally starting to see some guys that have come up through their system that are producing. Alzali, yeah, um, Keegan Thompson before he got hurt, Justin Steele looked really good. You know, and they've always been kind of good at like finding those sort of reclamation project kinds of guys, but it is really nice to see, yeah, like Keegan Thompson, these guys that have come up through the system that are, are really looking good, looking like major leaguers. Yeah. That's that's refreshing just because it just hasn't been the case with them for a while. So that's huge too. When you can produce from within in that way, it makes such a huge difference. You know, because you think about Monday's game, Granted, like Trevor Williams, you're not against the Padres. You don't have like high expectations, Right. but he's at at least like that's an established major leaguer. He's one of your rotation guys. So when you go from that to like, we got to go with a spot start call, bring the guy up from Iowa. Expectations are really low, but then, yeah, he comes up and, and gets it done and you beat the Padres seven to two those are the little things that you need to have happen that need to go right during the course of a full season where, yeah, you're going to look up at the end of it and say, Hey, we're we're winning this division or, or whatever the case it's because you look back and and you got wins like that back in May.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I also was thinking too, like there's gotta be those wins or those opportunities that kind of happen during a season that kind of, they go your way and it kinda, it might be one win in the standings, but, it kind of helps maybe build that chemistry. Like I go back to the St. Louis series. It's a two out of three. They were battling the Mm -hmm. umpire and Adam Wainwright all Sunday night. And then they came through in the end. Contreras had the ball that he stayed in the game after getting, uh, you know, hit on the hand, I think with the ball. And then, you know bias comes through and it was kind of like that could have been a big win for them that you know they were already kind of in that groove Mm -hmm. but that just kick-started this last week and then uh the bias play in pittsburgh when he kind of goes backwards you know i mean the little things that are finally (laughs) going their way it's kind of like it's kind of like you know it's one game but it goes their way It, it you saw the reaction so i feel like Sometimes it's like when it's when it's raining it pours, and then when things are going your way, it just keeps yes. happening. The bounces keep happening, and that's just the way it's kind of been for the Cubs over the last month and change. But and talking about the bullpen, Tommy Nance, Andrew Chafin, other guys have just been really good. So yeah, it's 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 funny because before the season, or I guess in the off season, the vibe around the team, I always said it felt like a funeral because it seemed like everything was going against them. But then it kind of turned around the narrative a little bit. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe this is like an 85-win mm-hmm. team. And now I'm like, okay, if they don't sell, who knows? It's been really interesting, to right. say the least, watching this team lately.
1: Yeah, and I think there's, there's some little things that they've done during the course of the season that I, I think are making a big difference. Like I'm thinking about, you mentioned the bullpen, and like compare the bullpen we started the season with to the bullpen that we have now. And just the willingness to, like, as much as everybody loves Pedro Strobe. And you know I'll I'll argue with anybody best reliever in Cubs history. Brandon Workman was here, Shelby Miller was here. But I, I think when the the things that the Cubs got right was they were willing to say we got we got to cut ties here. It's you know we got to let you go um, and bring up our guys or you know give some innings to Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, some of these guys. I think Cubs teams in years past they would have been much slower to make a decision like that. And it costs you, you know, you lose games because of that. And that's one of those little differences where maybe it's a difference between a Theo Epstein front office and a Jed Hoyer front office. And he's more willing to say, Pedro, we love you, but, or, you know, Brandon Workman, we had high hopes, but, and let him go. Cause I think, yeah, you could definitely point to, probably a handful of games, you know, wins that they have now that maybe they wouldn't have had they stuck it out with those guys a little longer.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about the Theo. I mean, not to say that Theo was holding them back, but I get what you're saying because it's like maybe there were little things like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've seen something. I mean, again, I know we're just barely two months into the season really, but, you know, it is funny because it's like, obviously we'll see how things play out the rest of the way, but I just feel like we've seen a lot from this group just over the last month or so that, you know, last season's hard to say it was 60 games, but you know, in 19, there might've been stretches and, you know, 18 stretches, but I just feel like we've seen a little bit more like talking about whether it's the offense, little things that we may not have seen really for, for large gaps. And then uh, I feel like with the bullpen, they've always kind of been able to piece together some things here or there. And I guess the rotation was kind of the big question mark in my mind, but Again, they've kind of been able to just kind of keep going. Keegan Thompson looks like a steal right now, kind of being able to slot in there, or maybe whether he's in the bullpen. Uh, and then Craig Kimbrell, I thought this guy might be done and he's been dominant this season. I mean, I don't know yeah. I don't know exactly what maybe has worked for him other than the fact that he's a veteran, he's experienced, he probably I'm sure he was working through it, but also he finally had a normal spring training for the first time. I feel like in four years, so
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big part of it with him. Is twenty? Go back to 2019. No yeah. spring training. Joins the team in June. Last year, kind of has some spring training, but then of course things shut down, and then your, your season start doesn't start till July. So you know, I, I noticed that it, it was into like September last year before he started to look like Craig Kimbrell. Which makes sense. Like he finally had the time to like work through some stuff, work on some things, and now is pitching like the guy you expect. And then this year has just been lights out. So, yeah, I think a lot of it with him is just the weirdness of the last two years, a lot of it out of his, outside of his control. And he's finally now like gotten back to what he's used to. And I think, you know, I think he's legit. I don't think this is like he's just having some good fortune for a while. This, this is who he is. Exactly, yeah.
0: Uh, I saw that the Cubs had made some uh, organizational promotions in the minor leagues. Guys like Brennan Davis going up to Double A. I was curious, maybe if you've had any, I, I guess, a chance to really dive into guys in the minors that maybe I don't know if they'd be the next wave to come up, say this season. But I, I just feel like there's kind of a an excitement, you know, whether it's guys like Brennan Davis or just some of the guys we've already mentioned that have come up and kind of been able to just like you said they're looking like major leaguers so uh have you had a chance to Mm -hmm. check out some of the guys maybe the minors that maybe could be close probably not this year but in the next year especially if if guys in free agency leave it's kind of like you know it may not be doom and gloom there could be the next wave coming up sooner than later
1: yeah i think i mean Brandon davis is definitely one of them so it was exciting this i saw earlier today yeah he got moved up which is cool I think we've been talking about Miguel Amaya for a couple of years now and, you know, Wilson Contreras's future is, there are some questions to be answered about that in the next year or so, because I think he's got one more year of arbitration before he hits potentially free agency. So they're going to have to talk about what they do with him. And then of course, like the other guy that I think I'm excited to see more of now that he's getting a true minor league season is Ed Howard, that guy they drafted in the you know drafted last year they're you know he he's an exciting prospect young and green of course but yeah like I, I think i'm most looking forward to just kind of as this minor league season develops just watching what he does seeing how how he performs um seeing how he grows as a player because i yeah i think potentially there's something really exciting there in him
0: yeah definitely uh, so not to put you on the spot but if you had to if you had to guess of Brian Baez, Rizzo, I'll throw Kimberl in there. Uh, If if any of those guys, do you think, in your mind, do you think one of those is definitely traded or it's just really a wait and see and depending yeah. on how this team is playing?
1: I mean, I'm def- like I said earlier, I think had you asked me this a month ago, I would have been able to give a really yeah. <laughs> definitive answer. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. I think we're just sure. in kind of wait and see mode right now. I honestly believe that the front office is like let's look and see what happens over the next three weeks or so and, and hold off on any big decisions until then. Cause if you know, if they, they get knocked around over the next few weeks and they're back down in third or fourth place in the division, then yeah, then it gets a lot more easy. Um, The way Chris Bryant is playing, I, I'm kind of 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 the mind that he's the guy you extend and you build around Chris Bryant because of, a healthy Chris Bryant, what he can do at the plate, the defensive flexibility just all over the place. Javi is exciting and dynamic. And I think in an ideal world, you extend both of those, Bryant and Baez, and that's your new sort of nucleus that you build around. But, but yeah, like I said, we do kind of have to just wait and see, like, all right, what are these guys going to do through the month of June? And, and where will we be in the standings come, say, July 1st?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, can you imagine this team being in first place on July 30th and five games up? And it's like, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and sell oh, now. It's like, no. it, talking about, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would be we're talking about the Cubs.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I think they would get rightfully just torched in the media. And I think even yeah. more rightfully, the fans would just go ballistic as well. Yeah. They should, because that that would be the, you know, they're, they're, you you've tested the faith of this fan base and the patience of this fan base. So that's why I honestly believe if they're in first place anytime in July, we're probably not talking about them selling off a bunch of guys.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of fans will definitely want to hear that because no one wants to sell off anybody. And I could see on the right, in the right situation, if they had to do like a little quick retooling, not really a sell off, but just a quick little kind of like 2016 Yankees, I guess that was kind of a sell off, but you know, retooling on the fly, but this team is just playing too well right now to even think about that. So it'll be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. But uh, Last thing before I let you go, I was just curious. So I know last year with COVID, you were not able to talk. You know, you had to do things through Zoom or whatever. I'm guessing it's still yeah. like that right now. Like you're not able to get in the clubhouse or anything.
1: Yeah, no clubhouse yet. Um We're still doing everything over Zoom, which is tough. It's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, it takes away a lot of stories that could be there. A lot of additional information, a lot of angles that could be there that you just can't get right now. Um, But the good news on that front is they're talking about at least opening up where like maybe during batting practice we can walk down by the field and kind of talk to guys outside in that setting. And I think they may even be – I'm going to be at Wrigley tomorrow and Wednesday, so I might find out. Um, but I think they were starting that this series where you could start to get those one-on-ones outside at least, which is a big, big step. And, you know, fingers crossed, they're still hoping to get us to the point where we can st- yeah, start going back into the clubhouses this year. Because that does like the quality of the reporting that you get goes, goes up so much when you have that available to you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, have fun. <laughs> I know you're covering the game, but have a good time <laughs> at the game the next this week, and thanks for hopping on, chatting Cubs real fast with me. Really appreciate the insight and your time, and, yeah, have a good night, and I'll let you get back to watching the rest of this game.
1: Thanks. Have a good one.